Welcome to Roguecast, the official podcast of Rogues Gallery. We'll talk comics for the week, as well as whatever news is on our pop cultural radar. I'm Randy. I'm Nick. This is Dave. And now, on with the show. Welcome to the 450th Roadcast. Wow, really? Yeah. I hope that everybody listening has listened to the vast majority of them. Yeah, if you have listened to all of them, this is going to make any sense. The continuity <laughs> is really elaborate at this And point. only if you listen to it on 1.5 speed. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. If you listen to it at 1.5 speed, you'll get all the secret references. It's true. It's sort of like, you know, the, the backwards turntable. There's yeah. a hidden message. Yeah. In the... Dave's been dead this whole time. <clears throat> so, it's true. So roughly how long have we been doing the store podcast? I don't know. 450 divided by 52. Eight years? Nine years? I think it's something like that. It's getting nine or ten years, yeah. Yeah, I think it's nine. Yeah. Um, well, that's a long time. Yeah, somewhere in there. We should quit. Uh, Let's quit. Right here on the air? Good night, everyone. <laughs> Yo, Joe. <laughs> what if we go out, like, Reservoir Dog style? Oh. We all just shoot each other to pieces. <laughs> uh, but no, you know, um, uh, it, it is, you know, I think we've talked about this before. Um, all of us have done a lot of podcasts. Yep. It's true. Uh, Rainy, I think you've probably done the most. Yes. Um, but I feel like I have been almost pretty regularly doing some podcast or another for like 15 years. Dave, you're going to overtake me now because I retired from TV, dude, so I don't have a weekly podcast other than this one. Yeah. And you have the Trek podcast. I have text Trek going on, yeah. So you are going to slowly, you're going to be the, you're the podcast master. That's right. Uh, I, I am the uh, turtle podcast to your hair podcast. Yes. I think you're underestimating the amount because we also did a, our review podcast and that went on for a long time and that was over 15 years ago. You know about comic pants? Yeah. Comic pants. Yeah. Yep. I don't even, <clears throat> you can't even find the Comic Pants podcast. That thing's gone. <laughs> I, th- I think a few people have out, them. But we put out the challenge to you. Yes. <laughs> find the podcast that made Bill Willingham mad at us. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's accurate. It's a true story that happened. Ask yep. us privately and you'll learn the tale. Yep, yep. All right. Um, but uh, this week we got a bunch of news and stuff we'll talk about. We got uh, some, some movies and TV we might talk about if we get a chance to. But before we talk about all that, let's talk about games that came in this week. Yes. Okay. So we got a game called Marabunta. This yes. is, a, is a game from Space Cowboys who do um, uh, Splendor Duel and a couple other two-player games. Sim Wonders Duel, some other, other uh, two-player games. This is a smaller game, right? And I believe yes. Reiner Knizia. This is a uh, Reiner Knizia game. It is a two-player, I want to say it's a dice game. Yeah, it's some. It looked like a roll and write type of. It game. It is a roll and write. Yes, a two player roll and write with with like warring maybe ants. I think. Yeah, Marabunta. Yeah. I because I, I, I had to look it up. Uh, is like a name for army ants. I was gonna say, would you call them army ants? Yes, <laughs> uh, but uh, but they're like very cartoony looking. So it's not like oh my god, this is horrendous. <laughs> it's like you play with actual ants. It's it, like they look less real than the ants in the movie Ants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Spelled with a Z. Uh, but anyway, yeah, uh, that, that looks cool, and, and uh, Splendor Duel is a great game, so uh, I, I figure this is probably a pretty good two-player. And Marabunta uh, is fun to say. We always get people looking for two-player games. Yep. Uh, we got a game called Skyrockets, which is, uh, this is Floodgate Games, who have done things like Decorum and Sagrada. They okay. do really pretty games. The game called Kites, earlier last year, that was basically comes with multicolored timers, like sand timers. Yeah. And it's sort of a real-time card-matching game. This is like a version of that, basically, except it's fireworks instead of kites. Nice. And you're using multiple sand timers to try and keep up and that yeah, kind that of thing. Yeah, sounds fun. Yeah. Sounds nerve-wracking. Yeah, yeah. real-time <laughs> games can be, but they're also sometimes really fun. It's true. Uh, we got Legacy of Cthulhu RPG. This is a new RPG, not from the Call of Cthulhu people, it's, it's somebody else. Yeah. Uh, but it is a post-apocalyptic. You are like the last survivors in this, like, Cthulhu-ridden world. Scary. 
last uh, last known survivor stalks his prey in the night. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, no, that's that's a good setting for Cthulhu. Like all those stories are, pre- are are basically have built into them the possibility of the end times arriving. Yeah. So jumping ahead to say, yep, it happened. Here they and are. Now what happens? Uh, it's, a, it's a good one. End times. End times. Um, we also got for those liking the Call of Cthulhu system uh, uh, something called Alone Against the Static. Okay. Yep. Which is sort of a modern uh, solo RPG, I think. Hmm, okay. Uh, where you are, you are, Loading Against the Static is very much a sort of like uh, radio 90s kind of vibe, I think. Huh. So it's modern day Cthulhu. Okay, that, that sounds cool. interesting, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got Shadowrun Wildlife, which is the uh, sort of creature guide for the Shadowrun mm-hmm. rulebook, uh, Shadowrun World. We got a game called Between Clouds, an indie RPG we, we've been, we kickstarted many years ago, finally came out. Really nice, colorful hardcover. It is about a sort of ruined earth and people riding sort of these sky dragons above kind of thing. That doesn't sound ruined at all. It sounds improved. (laughs) (laughs) I guess it's great if you have a dragon, not so good if you don't. Correct. Correct. Yes. I had to walk through the radioactive hellscape uh, while while cool dragon princes flew above me. (laughs) Yeah, stupid dragon princes. The bourgeoisie continues. (laughs) (laughs) But for how long? I've got a guillotine gun. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just a a heads up, y'all. I do. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, And then we got uh, Buru, which is another another um, uh, Kickstarter we had. It's a board board game, resource management, really pretty looking game. And a uh, another we got several Kickstarters came back in this week. Uh, We got the RPG Brindlewood Bay, which is basically uh, Murder She Wrote the RPG, a kind of thing, but with Cthulhu thrown in. Yes, uh, a, a essentially cozy mystery type yes. vibe, but with Lovecraftian elements and I'm, trappings. I'm hearing what if Angela Lansbury fought Cthulhu? That's, yeah, that's, that seems about right. That's what I'm. Yeah, I, I know you said fought, but like somehow it sounded differently when you said it out of the corner of my ear. Fought. And I, no, I it sounded like heard. a different F word. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, she was she was like quite the ingenue in her younger days. Dave, if you go on the internet, you can find that. <laughs> <laughs> if you Google it, though, you're really going to screw up your searches. <laughs> no, um, I don't fit in with a lot of stuff, I guess. <laughs> wow, Dave searched a lot of Cthulhu stuff. Uh, and then, uh, we just mentioned we got the uh, the facsimile editions from comics. Yep. Yes. Uh, we've been getting these from from time to time. Marvel's doing them, DC's doing them. They're always very popular. Yeah, and they, so then what they do is they reprint uh, old issues uh, with with the ads and everything. Right. It could be anything from like a like a 1960s classic Stanley Jack Kirby book to a Claremont X Men from the 80s, yep. uh, or Claremont and Jim Lee X Men from the 90s, and and even some, probably some stuff maybe getting into the 2000s. But you know, basically classic stuff that's long, 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 long out yeah. of print. Well, the ex- or expensive. Yeah, yeah. Well, the examples like yeah, we've got X Men one forty one and four one forty two, which can this is the two days of future past story. We got the first appearance um, of Wolverine and Hulk. Both, and, both and, issues and the issue yet right before it, which he, he shows the last page of. Yeah, um, the Punisher. The first, the first Punisher. appearance of Punisher and Amazing Spider-Man. All those and the Daredevil, where the Punisher yeah, showed up. Yeah, so like it is some dope issues. It's a bunch of cool stuff. We've got probably thirty of them, I would say. Yep. So we got them back in stock. We're going to try keeping them in stock, and they're going to be sort of on our new wall. So you can you can check out some of these facsimiles. Marvel's producing a couple of these a month. So that's going to keep expanding. So if you want to... They're going to do all of Secret Wars, it looks like. They're going to do Secret Wars starting with issue one, then still set up through issue three at least. Let me just tell you a few of the ads you might see in there. Oh, yeah. Hubba Bubba Bubblegum. 
the original Metal Gear gear for the NES. Yes. Yeah. Uh, acne cream. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Don't forget like, the older ones that have like X-ray specs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Specs. You can go back as far as that. Uh, that was like in the early days. It was all like cheap novelties you could send for. Yep. Uh, then in like the eighties, they kind of marketed like started marketing like teens and up. Uh, yeah, it was like, like video, video games, games gum, and stuff. And, and yeah, Pizza Hut. But you did start. It wasn't until the nineties that they started realizing, oh, some of these people are like uh, college and up. And so then you started actually getting car ads and stuff yeah, occasionally yeah. and uh, and military recruitment. Ads. <laughs> That's right. Um, now, uh, hey, kids, don't you want to be the Punisher? What do we get now? Is it is it is it all video games? Um, let's see. What's, what's in an average? Uh, well, like, I look at Movies, the back of Mar- video Marvel games. this month is uh, ads for the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack on vinyl and cassette. These are like all in house. This ads. is all in house ads. That's that's what's going on. Yeah. Uh, DC has ads for the Suicide Squad video game. Um, that's yeah. That's kind of like like that. That's it. Is it's mostly house ads now. Interesting. I guess that's that's part of why things probably have. Gone up in price at expensive. Times. Yeah, there's not a lot of advertising in comics you know, anymore. I, you know what we should do is we could lower the price if we just could bring back cigarette ads. Right. Yeah. Well, we advertise <laughs> cigarettes. It's a great idea. Um, yeah, cigarettes and uh, and fatty meats. <laughs> Which, by the way, that is also that's that's a detective duo I'm working on: cigarettes and fatty meats. <laughs> Uh, there, the, one of them is a big is a big guy who yep. eats burgers, and the other one is a slim man who smokes cigarettes. Oh wow! Yeah, I think the the name does tell you what you're in for. Yeah, yeah. So and they, and they fight crime. Ah, oh, that's pretty good. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. And so keep an eye out for that, kids. It's going to be in the next. It's, it's the next image hit. Just double check. The name is. Cigarettes and fatty meats. Cigarettes and fatty meats. Got it. Yep. Got it. Just want to make sure people get that so they can you know write it yeah, down. TM. Uh, <laughs> all right, and with that, let's move on to talk about comics for the week. Okay. Uh, uh, this week, I think the big news for us is this is another sort of lighter week. Uh, it's the, it's we, a we fifth all found week a fair amount to read, but it's it's the it, they split the fifth week between four and five, which is why yeah. the last couple weeks a little smaller. Yeah. Uh, so there's plenty of room to buy those uh, facsimile comics. It's true. Yeah. Or a trade you've been waiting on. Yeah. When we've got some extra space on the wall, you'll find that we'll. Uh, put some of the recently restocked trades, in other words, stuff that's kind of moving for us that yep. might be buzzing or just for whatever reason people are picking up. We'll, we'll sometimes give it a little extra life on that new comics wall. So, uh, yeah, just well, sometimes that stuff will just pop for you. But the big the big news for us this week is Duke number two. Yep. Oh, yeah. Now, we all are super on board the Energon universe. We are reading that as soon as the PDFs drop for us, which usually is like yeah. three weeks ahead of release, yep. Yep. we are all jumping on and reading it. We've, we read this. We all read this weeks ago. Uh, we've been hyping it up, and then we all reread it in paper form because yep. it works. It, they all read better. Like I'm not a digital comics guy. They all read better as comics. They absolutely sure. do. Um, this one is cool because if you if you read the first issue, you know that Duke is on the run yep. uh, because he he's like he's he's kind of almost like Fox Mulder in X Files. Yep. He is not going to let go of the Transformer stuff he saw. And Hawk sent out at the end of that issue two guys to go take him down, and we saw that they were some of the original Joes. The yep. jo- J- keep in mind the Joe team has not formed yet in this, and it's Stalker, always yep. a badass, yep. and Rock and Roll, yep. also a badass. They're heavy machine gunner, but, uh, and this but follows kind of what happens. Duke goes to an old buddy of his. Uh, yeah, we don't want to say who that is, who it is, but, but it's, it's super cool. It's cool, and uh, and then Rock and Roll and Stalker find him. Yeah, and, uh, it's. Uh, this is some of the best action I've seen in a while. Uh, outside of the Transformers comics, which is also great action. 
Uh, there's well, a cool. lot of there's there's some, fun moments. Yeah, it's got some funny stuff in it. Um, some, some neat good references. If you're if you're an old school GI Joe fan, you'll pick up on a couple references. Yes. If you're not, you'll still enjoy the hell out of this. Yeah, it essentially functions like an action movie. Yeah. Uh, and Nick, you were talking off mic earlier about how good the art was. Yeah, Tom Riley's killing it. Like this is a guy who can draw like all like the kind of the vehicles and cars and stuff in this that yep. you want to see and the, the, the sort of the military gear, but which is a huge part of GI Joe. There's like a, a junkyard that makes an appearance yep. in this. Yep. The junkyard is really well drawn. It like, is. It really feels like they're running around in there, yep. blowing up shit, shooting up stuff. Yep. Yeah. Leaping it's... over this, punching that, and then the <laughs> appearance of the the uh, the people who show up in this book. They're drawn. Uh, oh yeah. Like, these They're characters great. all look maybe as cool as they've ever looked. Yep. yep. It's true. Yep. Yeah. Although, you know, I'll say this. Duke needs to shave. Uh, <laughs> he's he's a clean-cut fella. He, he can't go around looking like Wolverine. Well, well, he's, well, he's funny, on the run. To say, he's, like, he's like, I don't think I've ever seen you with more than a five o'clock shadow. He's it's on true. the run. He, there's no time to shave. Oh, I know why it occurs in the story. Only Richard, Richard Kimball shaves. It, it makes Dave sense in the story. Ah. Uh, but he looks like a lowlife like everybody who wears a beard. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> uh, actually, a funny true story here. My grandmother, for whatever reason, different era, she lived to a hundred Three man, um, she uh, did not like beards at all, and in fact distrusted people with them. That's funny. And like she, she never wanted any of us kids <laughs> to like wear get a beard. Or she was anti beard. Like yes. Well, you know, people feel feel about, about tattoos. It, 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 it was exactly the same kind of thing. I'm sure she felt that way about tattoos. There's a too. thing going around. Uh, so you're saying that me with my beard and tattoos, your grandmother would, would have been terrified of me. Yes. Yeah. And rightfully <laughs> so. I'm a terrible person. Um, <laughs> There's a thing going around from uh, the Grimald uh, Captain America that shows Cap talking to Diamondback, the uh, the member of the Service mm-hmm, Society. Yeah. We basically he wound up dating. She had a huge crush on him because, of course, he's a 200 pound, 250 pound man, man meat. Yeah. Uh, and, and and she was like may, at least presented at the time as a villain with a, maybe a little bit of a harder she goal. She was Catwoman. She was, she was, she was yeah. She and then they sort of developed a relationship. But it shows her talking to her, and he's like. I'm not the kind of man who could be with a woman with purple hair. <laughs> oh, is that is yeah. like fan dialogue? No, this is real dialogue. No. Yeah. Because oh, it was wow. the 80s, so it's a different time. And, right, you know, right. Was, like, that would, like, for, for him, like, for that would him, be like dating a wild punk rocker. It was, it was a wild punk hell. rock thing. Yep, yep. That's crazy. Yep. Oh, I've got to see this. Yeah, I'll show it to you. It's, it's hilarious. I'm like, man, uh, it is funny because it works because I'm like, Cap. Is that kind of guy? He was from the forties, yeah. And you know, he was he was being very respectful about him. He's like, I just don't know if I could be with someone with purple hair. And uh, he, you know, he learned he learned better. Yeah, yeah. Well, rightly so. Cap. That, that purple hair woman rocked his world. Apparently so. Apparently so. Um, another big issue too that came out this week is Avengers Twilight, the uh, Chip Zdarsky uh, sort of uh, apocalypse. Like, well, not not apocalyptic, but a, a dystopian Returns, yeah. Dark Knight Returns yep. spin on the Avengers. Um, and you know what's kind of neat about this is that, like, I don't like we know that Cap is at the center of it. Yeah, like a very aged Cap, but now that he has agreed to. What do they reactivate the super soldiers? Yeah, they give him another dose, and he becomes Cap again. And it's like, oh, he he just became a uh, super swole old man. Yeah. Um, well, and then, but, like his his wife is mad at him about it, 
Uh, he goes and talks to uh, a for another former Avenger, okay. which I really liked that scene. Yeah. What I was going to say is like, uh, I you know, I don't know what else to, I don't know what to expect from this. Yeah, I'm not like, oh, well, he's going to put the team back together, right. or, or he's going to use these characters, or who's he's going to seek out advice from this person. I don't know any of the people who are going to show up, other than that they will be probably some a lot of known characters we mentioned. But uh, yes, the character who did show up in this was one I was pleased to see. Um, and then uh, new issues. We've got Dead X-Men, which is a new one in the uh, Fall of the House of X. Yep. This is uh, several X-Men. Was it uh, Prodigy, Frenzy, Jubilee, Dazzler, and Cannonball? Jumping timelines, trying to prevent something from happening. Yep. Uh, I hope they stop the thing. (laughs) They'll stop the thing. (laughs) Um, We've got the Batman Superman World's Finest Annual, which has a framing sequence of uh, the Justice League of Mites. So, uh, Mitzelplik... Oh, uh, like Batmite. Yeah, Bat kind of Mite. thing. Yep, Mixix and uh, Batmite. And then Green Arrow Might, uh, Green Lantern <laughs> Might, all these characters. Uh, okay, that's uh, It's kind of fun. And then they're they're telling stories to each other, or they're dimension hopping, so you get some other ones. Uh, several different creators. There's a, there's a, um, a Metamorpho story. Um, Challenges the Unknown Challenges story. the Unknown story. This is, this is all written by Mark Wade. No, different. Uh, different writers. Writers. Oh, okay, Cullen Bond and Mark Wade. I, think wrote I was going to say they all seem Stephanie like characters Phillips. that Mark Wade would want to write. Oh, Phillips wrote. And yeah, it's uh, kind of fun. And also, DC has their um, DC Power twenty twenty four, which is an, an anthology. It's their uh, Black History Month anthology. Uh, it's got a, a John Ridley story, a Brandon Thomas story, um, N. K. Jemison, who created the. Uh, Green Lantern, whose name I can never remember, Farsight Green Lantern. Yes. Um, shit. Yeah, yeah but I anyway, can't remember her name um, They have a story focusing on her and Jon Stewart. There's, um, I'm trying to see who all is in there. Bloodwind is in here. Sure. See a Bloodwind story? <laughs> Bloodwind, who in a superhero RPG I ran recently, ended up playing a much more important role than I expected. Yep. As a uh, Black Manta tale, a tale of uh, Crispus Allen, the, the Spectre. Oh, which I wow. forgot he was still the Spectre. Wild. Uh, Nubia, uh, a bunch of these, bunch of these things, and then Marvel has their Black History Month special, Marvel vs. Legends, also an anthology. Uh, you got Patriot, Misty Knight, uh, Monica Rambeau, uh, Falcon, Blue Blue Marvel, um, Kid Cutie. Kid Cuddy. Uh, Kid Cuddy. I have been Cuddy. informed. Uh, Kid Cutie. <laughs> yes. Because that sounds like Kid Cutie. Yeah, it's true, and that wouldn't sound cool. Kid uh, Cuddy. From, from, from like, the uh, hip-hop community. Yeah. Has uh, co-written, uh, along with, like... Kyle Higgins. Kyle Higgins, Higgins from notably, Radiant of Radiant Black. Yeah. They have a new series called Moon Man that is about a, a guy who basically went to the moon with a, with a uh, space mission, came back... And they're like something. Something happened. Like the, they I think he survived a near disastrous mission. Yeah. Uh, but I believe this is the staging ground for a like a kind of unusual superhero book meant to, I think, at least be somewhat in the tradition of Radiant Black. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, at the heart of it, it is a, a like a, had, an unusual superhero story. He had a weird experience of like cosmic radiation or something. Yeah. He's like he's like he's like experiencing this sort of almost Cthulhu esque. Uh, Lovecraftian like like space. I want to read this because as I'm flipping through it, the art looks so good. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and and also by the way, I like I like Radiant Black. I have no thoughts on Kid Cudi. Uh, nope. uh, so um, here's hoping. Uh, we also got Somna number two. This is the uh, sort of supernatural erotic thriller that uh, takes place during still witch, doing, starting, no, witch trials. Witch trials. Uh, it's Becky Cloonan and Tulute. It is uh, it's really good. 
Do we still have issue one? No, we just sold out of it. Uh, because I think this is a, a sleeper hit for me. I, I, the art is gorgeous art to look at, but, but I really am enjoying the character uh, arcs and story uh, that they that Becky Cloonan is working up on this one. Same, I've been enjoying it. Yeah. Um, it wraps up next issue, so it's just a yeah, three it's just issue a three issue mini. But, but and then yeah. I'll presumably do a but collection. They are big collection. issues. They are not yeah. just your traditional. No, they're 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 in that big uh, black label format. Yeah. I think your daddy's small comic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then a uh, couple things wrap up this week. Avengers Inc. number five is the final issue of that series, which makes me sad because I've been really enjoying it. Yeah, I liked that too. You, you're more of a West Coast Avengers guy than I am. Yeah, but all the people they were introducing and just the general respect that Al Ewing has for Marvel's history, which is very much it's it's uh, on parade in this, but it's also. It, there's stuff in there that I don't know that much about that I still felt like he gets it. Uh, that was one of those those things I was just like, man, some people just know know what's up. They know the right balance for heroes and villains and stuff like that, and I, I feel like Ewing is one of those guys. The same respect I was seeing in his th- uh, Thor that he's doing right now is, oddly enough, in this Avengers Inc., which, as you know, Randy, is kind of also a stealth West Coast Avengers Yeah, book. for sure. Um... Lots of cool stuff in here. Lots of fights. It's a good. It's a good finale for the series. You get a. You get a self-contained story, uh, but I absolutely would have loved to have seen a second. Uh, a second story arc of this, um, and maybe they'll pick it up at some point. But when the trade comes out, or if you want to read the single issues, we have all five issues. There you go. So uh, give it a read. This is one of my favorite books of the year. I, I, I think. I think it's underrated. Um, and then Titans Beast World wraps up this week with number six. Which we'll leave with a uh, new status quo for the Titans and maybe a uh, returning Justice League. Uh, other than that, a couple things. Uh, World Tree continues. Spider-Boy. Uh, Batman Off-World. Yep. Uh, oh, yeah, and Dave, you, that's right. There's the Trinity special. Yeah, this is... Uh, I don't know if it's all by Tom King, but, you know, Wonder Woman has a daughter, and I'm not fully up on this, but I believe she is a daughter from a possible future. Yeah. Um, They've been... A lot of this is reprinting backups from right. the current one. I believe this is book. entirely reprints of like key things with the character. Uh, like she was largely raised by like Damien and or not like raised by them, but I think spent a lot of they time watched. training yeah. and stuff with Damien and uh, John Kent. I was yep, say, Superman Damian son. definitely can't raise anyone. <laughs> um, but uh, but in the in their future, uh, you know, uh, Damien might turn out to be a little bit more level headed. He's still wearing that uh, outfit that Morrison gave him. The yeah, the uh, the kind of cloak. Yeah, the, the, it's the, an awesome look. It is a good look. Uh, I did see that. Uh, uh, and the opening thing, uh, there, uh, uh, Damien does like take her uh, when she was like a kid to what was it? He like puts her like he does like a fight with Killer Croc. Uh, sure. <laughs> and I guess she does have like Wonder Woman level strength already building up, mm. so she can uh, she like kicks the kicks Croc like through a wall, sucker punch. Um, but uh, yeah, Jonathan Kent is like. Dude, what are you doing? Uh, uh, but anyway, yes. If you if you want to get find out the four one one on this character, here it is. <laughs> um, anything else? Is that all the comics? That's all the comics. All right, we're gonna take a break, and then we're gonna come back and talk about a whole bunch of news and a few trailers. All right, we got some news to talk about and then a few trailers. Uh, let's start with some casting news from various places. Okay. Um, 
I'll start with the first two that are not super exciting, and then close to the one that actually is. All right. Um, John Boyega. Yes. Uh, who I think we all generally like. Right? Yep. You may remember him from such characters as... Uh, Finn. Finn. And also he was in Pacific uh, Rim 2. And Attack the Block. Attack, Attack the, the Block, block. is where... Yeah. Uh, well, he is going to be in the Book of Eli prequel. Now, you may be saying to yourself, what is the Book of Eli? It's not completely unknown. It's pretty out there. Nick, you've probably seen it. Yeah, I've seen it. Denzel uh, Washington. David, uh, Nick, have you seen something that doesn't count? But I've seen it. Oh, okay. Denzel Washington doing kind of like a post-apocalyptic uh, You know movie? what's weird about it is is that little biblical backdrop sort yeah, of thing that it. he's like a kind of a true believer kind of guy. He Does was, he play Eli? Is it his book? He was a blind yep. warrior guy in the apocalypse who can sort of see with his faith and stuff that yep. beats down bad guys <laughs> that are attacking was the this, town. Was this funded by a by a fundy group or something? Maybe. But the vibe is a little bit more... Nick, did you ever see back in the 80s, did you ever see Pale Rider? No. With Clint Eastwood? No, I have not. So he was an ass-kicking preacher man. Sure. Uh, who I, I think the idea was in it that he clearly had some past where he must have run with outlaws or something like that. Okay. But now he was like a badass preacher, like Solomon Cain kind of dude. And he goes to town, and there's the usual, like, some evil... Uh, dudes putting a, trying to clamp down and take over the town's mine or whatever. Okay. I, mean, I think they were. I think Jack Palance might have once again been a bad guy. Sure, uh, he was <laughs> a bad guy in a lot of those kind of. <laughs> and he was like cool ass kicking preacher in it, and uh, I, that's basically what Book of Eli was. He was ass kicking preacher, just kind of. I think the novelty value of it really. Okay. Um, it did have Gary Oldman and Mia Kunis? And, God, I, I forgot uh, that. What Ray I Stevenson is I liked it a bit more than I expected. Yeah, I, like, I didn't think it was a bad movie. I think for people who like like Fallout and stuff like that, worth worth checking out. Did um, you want a prequel? You know what? It's not the craziest idea. Okay. Um, you know, I, I think uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, what's the uh, what's the video game zombie? Last of Us. Last of Us. I think has uh, kind of reminded us that of the fun of a good dystopia. I forgot um, what the, th- the And mean. by the way, it is a more fun dystopia. Like, it's not that they don't treat it seriously, but, like, Last of Us is hardcore serious. Do you remember yeah. what the plot of the movie was? He's delivering Mila Kunis somewhere. No, it's about a, him delivering a book. Oh, then yes, I... Is the and book wasn't the, the book wasn't the book the Bible? And I the, think so. Which I believe he has... Uh, when, in fact, they, like, get somewhere, and I feel like... It's like there's nothing there, and he transcribes it from memory. Yeah. I remember that. Uh, I would imagine the uh, prequel is how he got the Bible. <laughs> well, that'll be, that'll be pretty exciting. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be in, like, uh, some uh, so, hotel, it all and he's going to look in the drawer. It all, takes place, <laughs> it all takes place in a book bindery. The, uh, the Gideons uh, have uh, got get him the yes. Bible, and yep. then the bombs fall. Yep. And then he's like, oh, well, I guess I don't really have much else to do. I might as well read this. Yep. <laughs> Uh, yep. But look, so, I mean, uh, Boyega, we all know, he kind of got, he didn't really quite get his due as Finn. No. Finn started out a pretty solid character, yeah. but like, he really could have been a, been awesome in the second and third ones, and instead they kind of sidelined him and comic reliefed him, which yep. sucks. Yep. So, uh, you know, basically I'm hoping he gets his little bit of a shot at some action hero-dom uh, in this. Um it is the kind of thing that could come off, I think. It's just possible. Yep. It's a weird property. Yep. Um, but, you know, again, it has, like, Fallout, but I what I think of it is, like, kind of like, a, it, it vibed Western. Yeah. Like, Western kind of badass revenge flick. Um, so, and, you know, sometimes those are fun. I'd rather, I'd rather see him in an actual Western badass revenge flick. 
as Randy has experienced, like Denzel likes to be the badass in a, in a film. He does. I've watched all three Equalizer movies. <laughs> yeah. If you were doing, if, if John Boyega was going to be, if they were doing an Equalizer prequel with John Boyega, I'd be way more excited about it. <laughs> You're saying a prequelizer? A prequelizer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, that's, that's, uh, that's what I want, the prequelizer. <laughs> Listen, uh, I'm going to say that you might should watch Book of Eli. Okay. It's kind of fun. Uh, well, we are, and then there'll be like enough to the movie I need to, to see play. is John Boyega's prequel. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, the other casting news, the the one of the other class is Jillian Anderson has signed on for Tron Three. Yes, and I think there's there's probably someone who's happy about this. Jillian uh, Anderson's look, agent, maybe Jillian Anderson being. Uh, if you if you have any fondness for Tron at all, then yeah, she's probably gonna be some cool person who's like. Uh, I created the grid. I something. made the light cycles. Hey, actually, wait. There was a lady in the original Tron. Is it possible that she is supposed to be that lady? Maybe. Maybe. Um, uh, but, unfortunately, all Tron movies are bad. Uh, not all Tron movies. The first Tron movie is good. Now, I actually I, I revisited them over the delightful times of the pandemic. Yep. Uh, I think, actually, by the way, possibly even when I actually had COVID... Um, and I was like, yes, this is a pretty good movie. Then I watched this, the second one, and like, I had finished it, and I was like, wait, what happened in this? It's so boring and nonsensical, and it's got a great soundtrack. Even after you finish the movie, you can't remember what you just watched. No. So Other than you'll remember bad CG yeah. Jeff Bridges. Yeah. yeah. Which, by the way, this weird experience with a customer one time, a customer was talking about like some really great CG uh, of a character. And he's like, it's almost as good as Jeff Bridges in Tron 2, or Tron whatever, Uprising. Was he being sarcastic? He was absolutely not. <laughs> well, the director of this is doing has done in the past uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales, which was like one of the last ones, which was yep. awful. <laughs> and then the sequel to Maleficent, which was also not great. So Tron Ares is... Not, uh, not looking good. Right, not looking good. And, and to top it off, it's got everyone's favorite uh, bad boy, Jared Leto. All right. Uh, who, by the way, I, I kind of, I guess I assumed, because he was the only name I kept hearing associated with it, that he was in some way, shape, or form the protagonist. But I, he, I was talking with a friend the other day, and he just assumed he was playing the bad guy. No, yeah, because Jared Little always plays bad well, guys. He, no, I think he's playing the protagonist because his name is Ares, and his okay. character's name is. And the, the movie think, is Tron Ares. Oh. But, but that could, like... You could call a movie Tron Sark's Revenge or something like that. Sure. You could just have, you know, bad guys in the title. I'm just like, what's funny is like, I don't know of a single person who like, uh, is like really excited ever for Jared Leto in a movie. Uh, I actually do think that despite his like horrible bad boy method actor real life stuff, that he's a he's a solid actor. I was and say, he's a like, good actor. I always, always got to mention uh, Requiem for a Dream and stuff like that. But um, but you know he seems like a piece of shit. Also, the, the TV series he did recently, uh, we crashed. Was it was not bad. Though. He was pretty good in that. Yep. Um, uh, anyway, so Tron is one of those things I kind of always wanted to come come off because it's a cool idea. Mm-hmm. I want to go into the magical virtual world and fight dudes and kick ass with a light cycle. I want to read light? We want to some light cycle, of course. Yeah. Um, except I would, I would like, like as if I was Homer in The Simpsons, I would go right into a wall <laughs> <laughs> and pixelize. Um, yeah, and um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, if by chance it somehow ended up a halfway decent movie, I'd like to see Gillian Anderson in it. Yeah. So if all the stars align, this is a good thing. And if not, if congratulations to Gillian Anderson for the paycheck. Sure, sure. <laughs> She's doing all right. 
Um, last bit of casting news: They uh, James Gunn has found his Supergirl. Oh yeah, right. right. Uh, and it is uh, House of the Dragons. Millie Alcock, who uh, is, is I've only watched she a handful of her. She was great. She was really good. What, what's her name? Rhaenyra. Yeah, she uh, plays the young version of uh, Targaryen. Yeah, yeah Rhaenyra yeah. Targaryen. Yeah, um, yeah. She was she was really good. Um, when I was posting about this, I, and I still feel the same way, I was like. I think that's actually pretty good casting. Like, this is. is a notable young yeah. actress. I just, I kind of, I'm going to need to see, like, a trailer at the bare minimum for his Superman that makes me think, oh, this is going to be good. This DC, new DC under gun could be good. Well, yeah. it's also stacked, a little bit stacked against it at the moment. It's a Tom King story. Yeah. Uh, that's right. That's but the, I believe it's, I bet it's going to be a Tom King story the way Civil War was a right, Mark Miller exactly. story. Exactly. Yeah. It's a, a Tom um, King story by way of James Gunn. Heavily, heavily adapted. Agreed. Um, um, and, and I actually think there is a solid, very solid chance that James Gunn is going to end up figuring out how to do Superman. But every other movie I've seen with him that, that have been the movies I liked are always about these tarnished heroes and their found family. Scrappy losers. Scrappy losers. Yep. And like, that's not what Superman is. So, Superman no scrappy losers. So we're going to yep. first see her in the Superman movie. She's going to be the 70th character right? There's in a lot of guest Superman characters. Movie. I actually, yeah. I, I, you know what? I'm going to kind of trust him on this one. I've seen I, him handle ensembles well. Yes. Yep. No, I, I, am agree, I agree too. And, and like, I'm kind of excited to see what particular way he's going to choose to have all these characters show up. Uh, it, you know, is it going to be scattered into the movie? Is it going to be like at the end of uh, Fast Furious movies where they have their big picnic and like everybody's <laughs> going to be there at it? Yes, and a big, a big table. He's going to be like Supergirl. Could you say grace for us, <laughs> homie? <laughs> um, sure. And then, uh, then she races off in her car. Yes, <laughs> the supermobile. The supermobile with the fists with on the, the sides. Side, yeah. <laughs> um, and streaky the cat I, falling. By. Anyway, I think we all think it's good casting. I, it's good casting. It I'm I'm the same. I'm with you, Dave, on this. I there's enough stuff that's made me nervous about the guns casting and some of the stuff that I'm like. I hope you get this right. I don't trust you yet. Their last several movies, I would say, none of them have like been great. I think people have been various stripes of like about, or or not, uh, but about Flash, Blue Beetle, and Aquaman 2. But Aquaman 2, to me, was not too far removed from, say, Venom 2. That Blue is Beetle to say, was not what people said. I liked the first one quite a bit. It sort of surprised me. And uh, then the second one, I felt was like going through the motions... Uh, had a lot of obnoxious things. Are you going to go see Venom three? No. Yeah, I've been I've been a little <laughs> disappointed in DC's movies. I don't know if I've talked about it much, but yeah. but I will say the James Gunn movies, <laughs> the James Gunn properties at the I'll have moment. To go back and check some of the tapes. <laughs> I, I recently rewatched Suicide Squad. Uh, had a lot of fun with it. I know you're not the biggest fan of it. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I, I think. Uh, even Randy, even saying like that, uh, Amanda Waller is not the the character like the one you wanted, and it's not like even the kind of Suicide Squad quite that you wanted. Yep. You'd have to say he does a pretty good job of uh, transferring his Guardian style to DC, right? Like the craft of it. I I don't. Oh my I God. actually don't. I, I, well, I, I thought Suicide Squad was a mess. But Peacemaker, Peacemaker was good. Peacemaker was good. More but that good. was very much like some of the broad strokes that were in yeah, Suicide it, it Squad. Works in, it when works Randy in goes back to Suicide Squad, uh, having uh, released his hateful energy, he will be like, oh, you know what? This is pretty good. I was wrong. No, I won't. <laughs> we will revisit this in the future. Just saying, uh, you never, expect, never expected to see Starro on the screen. 
in in such a fashion. I did because they revealed in the trailer. That is kind of true. Ah. <laughs> but Nick, your point is taken. Is that uh, one never expected to see that uh, as an Correct. occurrence? Yes. I think um, if James Gunn brings that kind of energy and uh, maybe a little more nuance, uh, it would have to be a lot more nuance actually. Yeah. Or like basically, he's going to have to find out a guy. You said he writes scrappy losers. Yeah, he's going to have to write a guy who is a. As genuine, like a, a, like a super genuine, inspiring, good guy who doesn't really generally come with character flaws. Although I believe he's going to maybe bring in a little bit of what I think of as like his Bronze Age angst about like his heritage. Yep. Um, I don't think they're going to have him be like uh, you know I'm torn between two worlds. Am I Kryptonian or Earthman? But there's going he's going to find some, some story in it, yeah. and he's probably going to find it in the same to to, to use as an analog to it. Uh, use it as an analog to like how people feel in the real world about something being biracial or something like that. Yeah. And I suspect he's going to do a good job with that, but boy, is that not a character he's ever written before. Well, uh, like Jillian Anderson's former partner, Fox Mulder, I want to believe. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Alright, what else we got? All right. uh, there is a new Jurassic World in the works from writer David Kep, who wrote the original Jurassic Park. Yep. Uh, Nick is excited about this? Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, everybody knows Jurassic Park was the best one, the really, really the only really Correct. good one. Yep. Uh, and uh, I kind of I like the Jurassic World movies as kind of like uh, the running with a sort of a pulp version of the the thing, yep. where they they did they basically they got to where I wanted. They got to dinosaurs in the real world or moose in America <laughs> yeah, and, and, and kind of human world. hybrids. Uh, no. It was just a clone. A human what, are talk, what are you I talking thought, about? I thought she was a dino-human hybrid. No, she's not a dino-human no. hybrid. Basically the same, like, like same person who had access to other tech also... Same technology was like, oh. idea. I thought she was part rocker. Created. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sad, I, like, actually, as pulp as it is, like, they, I'm surprised they didn't do that. I've actually only seen the first Jurassic World. Um, Hopefully they can jettison Chris Pratt. And for a better lead, I think they will. Um, I think I think they know that that like last one kind of landed poorly, um, and um, yeah, you could pull in some of the characters. But I also think people would be if you come up with a good new cast. I think people would be on board. You know, they none of the characters quite lived up to what they should have been in the yeah. in the messy Star Wars sequel trilogy. Yeah, yeah. But I think in that first one that uh, that went over pretty well. That the basic pre- the, the the hope for Ray and Finn and Poe were was all pretty high. Like those are characters that all had like good potential. If you could do that with Jurassic Park with some new new characters, uh, that that'd be dope. Yeah. Any Dino hunting Colonial Marines like an alien? <laughs> they should have somebody who's like the Muldoon of the thing, son of Muldoon, son of Muldoon. Son of Muldoon. <laughs> um, Netflix is developing a spinoff of one of their Black Mirror episodes, uh, USS Callister, which yes. is very dark. Which was a dark, yeah. But but the the show, like it was a Star Trek riff. It was. So uh, it was, I, I don't well, know exactly what the guy do. who was like. It was like Star Trek was like his private. He had like a private, like sort of VR server version yeah. of it. Yeah, that was like uh, that. And he, he like takes DNA from people and put put them in there. Right. I guess it was meant to have that kind of creepy idea of like. Oh, it'd be like those holodeck episodes of the original Next Generation or yeah. Star Trek Next Generation, yeah. where Barkley would have like Troy on the holodeck, and you'd be like, "Oh, that's not really cool," without like getting her permission. Right. Um, and but this is like one where it's like, yeah, he recreated them in the virtual world so realistically, like it is the person. Right. Um, and and started, like, they to... would they were trapped in there, forced to play out the roles on the bridge. Like, oh, you got to be Sulu, you got to be Uhura, and all this. While he would be the captain and live out his glory days, very incelish kind yeah. of uh, analog. 
dialogue. Yeah. And it's good. It's it, like it's funny and oh. da- darkly funny. <laughs> and, like all and Black Mirror is. Like all, like a lot of Black Mirror is. I'd be curious Some, to see what they do with this. Yeah, I, I don't quite know where else you head with it, but um, there there is territory to be mined there, I think. There's a new D&D novel series, or at least one novel coming out, called The Fallbacks, which looks like... Uh-huh. Looks like inspired by the fun of like the D and D movie and, and that kind of thing. It's a a new adventuring group. Right. I think the most notable thing about them is that they have a pet Atyug they've named Uggy. Yes, <laughs> and just kind of looking over the characters, it had a little bit of like a, a young heroes vibe, like yeah. you know, like kind of, but like a little bit of those scrappy losers, like the um, uh, like a James Gunn character should be, or, or the characters in the D and D movie. Um, uh, that did, uh, um, they, they all sounded fun. Yeah. Uh, they, they had little excerpts in one of the, the ads for them that, that like, shed a little portrait of the character and, like, some snippet from the book that was describing a bit with them. And I was like, oh, these all sound like a kind of a fun bunch, a little bit less self-serious as, like, the traditional D&D novels had been for decades, to be honest. Uh, a little bit more fun. And uh, I think uh, after the D&D movie, a lot of people would agree that's a good look for D&D. For sure. Um, there is a TMNT relaunch coming in July. Oh yeah, there. This is the 40th anniversary of the TMNT, which is why we're getting Last Run in Two, which is coming in March. This is coming in July. Forty years of terrapins. Uh, yes, <laughs> in the sewers. Um, this is written by Jason Aaron, and the first four issues are going to be one ish, one each uh, of each of the turtles mm-hmm. and a different artist. So. Joel Jones, Raphael Albuquerque, Cliff Chang, and Chris Burnham are the four artists, which are all fantastic quite the artists. excellent yeah. list of artists. And uh, just as a reminder, uh, we've talked about him a little bit recently, but Jason Aaron's probably most well-known recently for a long run on Thor yeah. that was very well-liked. They they pulled the God Butcher for it from the movie, although uh, I could argue that they didn't maybe necessarily do the comics justice. No. No. Um, but uh, right now he's over at DC doing uh, Batman Off-world. Offworld yep. and what's the other? Well, he's starting on uh, he, Action Comics. He just started comics. on Action Comics and that first issue sold out in like the blink of an eye. It's true. So um, him on Turtles bodes well for it, I think. Yeah, it does. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. The art looks great. I so. wonder what he's kind of going to want to do for the 40th anniversary. Is he going to push, be pushing the straight forward? Is it going to be like... I, I don't know. It's not like uh, you know, like retelling the origin or anything, No, I don't it? think so. Okay. No. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, this is the... I, I believe this is the continuity that was the... kind of was the reboot continuity. Yeah. Um, and where issue 100, they brought in uh, kind of indie uh, comic cartoonist Sophie Campbell. Yeah, she'll be closing her run out. Yep. And she she had, like, I th- what I thought was just a very cool uh, introductory several arcs uh, that had the, both the uh, daughter of Shredder joining the Turtles. Mm-hmm. She had gotten like a blood transfusion from from the Turtles and had turtled up. Mm-hmm. She once was human, now a, now a turtle mm-hmm. lady. Yeah. Um, uh, and the notion of like they had their own sort of stomping grounds within Manhattan, I think, where there was like a sectioned off area of where everybody mutated. Yep. Like from the just like them into different animals. Yep. And they became the protectors of that zone. I thought that was cool too. Yep. So I'm like, ah, oh, well, what's Jason Aaron going to do? What's his next thing? Gonna I don't do? know. We'll Will see. it maybe it'll be leading stuff to Last Ronin? I don't know. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know. We'll see. Uh, and then uh, last bit of news here: John Stewart has returned to the Daily Show. He's going to be executive produce. And then host on Mondays again, which that is pretty cool. Is 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 kind of wild because like I uh, assumed he was gone for good for one yeah, thing, yeah. And also to some degree, I felt like he's just been a little bit moved past as far as that goes because yeah. 
John Oliver and even like I think Seth Meyer and a few other yeah. uh, maybe even Colbert who's kind of safe these days yeah. with his late night show but still does the political humor um that they, they'd been a little bit passed by but I would every once in a while see clips of Stewart's own show mm-hmm. and like there was some good stuff I liked seeing him do uh you know like a sort of a deep dive into uh discussion of trans rights and well, it seemed to me like Stewart had gone more. He had he had a little more centrist more into, this, into the well into the more serious thing. Like he oh, wasn't yeah. as funny and absurd as he used to yeah. be. Right. And, and John Oliver had kind of taken over that space where John Oliver does like news and stuff, but he's That's also true. absurdist. Yeah. And John Stewart at the Daily Show was always a little bit absurdist. Right. Uh, and I'm hoping that we'll get a little. I mean, he would randomly just decide to pick fights with Arby's. Right. And and I want that John Stewart back at the Daily Show, and I'm, I'm hoping we'll see a little more of that. The- this is uh, coming at a time of uh, an election that uh, could decide if we uh, country uh, slips into fascism and right. ends yep. uh, or not. And that is the thing. He is taking over during the election season. I think right. I think he was like, I think he may have been like, man, I retired right when Trump was running. <laughs> and I, should, and I missed out. Yeah. I should definitely uh, get in on the sequel. Yep. He's a guy who can be a good, uh, in a weird way, because... I think he's seen as, like, uh, having sometimes just being a common sense guy. Yeah. And he also campaigned, like, say, for first responders who'd been, uh, uh, like, ignored over and over. By the way, by, like, Republican uh, um, uh, politicians. Yeah. uh, Who, it's crazy, would would leave them in the lurch. uh, Who had, like, yeah, a lot of them had developed uh, severe, like... Uh, lung diseases and stuff from that, from like all the smoke and stuff like that. Yeah, he and did he, a lot of advocacy for them and for right. veterans and that kind of thing. Right. So, so this is this is not a guy who's just like only ever talks about the environment. He, you know, he's put his, he's also he's putting his money where his mouth is, and um, so I hope that um, I hope it comes off. Yeah, me too. I would definitely love to, to watch more Daily Show again. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, all right, we got four trailers to talk about. Let's do it. And let's start with the one that I'm most excited about, which is the Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare. Yep. This is Guy Ritchie's this new one. Guy Ritchie's uh, spiritual sequel to Inglorious Bastards, it yeah, looks like. it looks like. It's based on a true story. Yes, the it's actual a, agency from from the British government yep, in World War II. It's like it's a... it's a They're, they're like, uh, rather than fighting the, the fair and, and just way, they decide to form this, like, unit of, like, Criminals and uh, and and so it's like a special ops group, and uh, uh, it's it's run by Henry Cavill. Yep, uh, Carrie always is his like spy master. He he he's used Carrie always in um, Operation Fortune. Fortune. Yep, um, and I don't know who else all is in it, but Alan Richson, Alan so, Richardson, Jeep uh, Reacher, Reacher, uh, a few other. Is no, that John David Washington in there? Uh, I thought it might have been. It might have been. But this is a very high energy trailer that tells you that this is not going to be too historical. No, because it basically looks like he puts together. He's like the Avengers, or you know, yeah. or the Fast and Furious with, team, or whatever and of then they the forties. Nazis. Yeah, and, uh, uh, there is a, there is a lot of fun. It looks like to be had at the expense <laughs> of gunning down Nazis. If I'm not mistaken, it's Henry Golding is in it. Okay. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the Doctor from uh, Star Trek: uh, Strange New Worlds. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, Babs Olam. So, okay, that's that. Uh, who you told me is like an actual he, fighter. He like, is like uh, a. Is it, it's not like Krav Maga, but it's like uh, oh, uh, what's the Br- Brazilian Jiu Jitsu? Oh, okay. he is like a black belt in it. Who's like literally his like one world tournament. Okay, so right. when yeah. they made him like kind of a badass in this last season of that Strange New Worlds, that was like really him. Okay, All right. yeah, a few other players that are that have done some stuff, but those are the notable ones. Okay. 
Yeah, it looks like a ton of fun. It I, does. I'm very excited about this. I I'm a Guy Ritchie fan, especially when he's in this mode. This looks to be in his gentleman kind of, snatch, kind of manic uh, yeah, humor, manic uncle, yeah, fun mode. Um, we also saw an action movie, a uh, couple action movie trailers. Uh, Monkey Man. Yep. Which is uh, directed by and starring Dev Patel and yep. written too. Oh, he wrote it too. I well, think okay. so. I think he did all of it. It looks like um, it's. Is it set in India? It's set in India. He is. He is someone who uh, is like a, a cage, like illegal cage fighter. Yeah, it looks maybe like he starts uh, fighting the the rich on behalf of the poor. Yeah, something like that, based on like the legend of uh, the, the like, white monkey. Yeah. Which uh, I don't know of. I don't know if it has anything to do with like the Eastern crossover into the like King. the Monkey King yeah. from from show. You know what I associate with Chinese lore, but there's a lot of crossover if you yeah. go far enough back. A lot, lot of good action in this one, and it's got a uh, a pretty rocking like Pakistani rap. Yes, uh, yes, yeah. and he got uh, he as a, will happen with another person we'll talk about in a few minutes. Got absolutely shredded for this. Yep. So he looks like he's he's ready to try his uh, the portion of his career where he's an action hero and beat some people down. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it looks fun. I, this this looks up my alley. Yeah. Um, and then we got the Roadhouse trailer remake. Speaking <laughs> of people getting jacked, yeah, I don't, I don't know if anybody could match uh, the level. Uh, only maybe Hugh Jackman at his peak. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, uh, or Brad Pitt in Fight Club, maybe uh, for what Jake Gyllenhaal as uh, rethink of uh, Dalton, yep. Patrick Swayze's Dalton as um, kind of a uh, UFC fighter. Yeah, he's literally supposed to be like a UFC fighter who what down on his luck, yeah, yeah, down on his luck, kind of. A, Maybe lost the title bout or something. Yeah, and uh, still well known, but he gets uh, hired by a woman who owns a, a club Florida in house. the in the Florida Keys. Yeah, and he to take care of the ne'er do wells. There's uh, a bad rich man who wants to buy the roadhouse and turn it into a property. Yep, yep. which was that was the premise of the original. It was a, okay. it's a close enough premise. Yes, it's pretty close. Uh, what the, so I'll say like key elements that the original had that this at least based on the trailer seems to lack is I did not see a version of Sam Elliott's character aka Correct. his mentor yep. um, and uh, the bad guy who's like an actual like MMA guy I think right yes Conor or that is uh, I should say like the henchman he's, he's the main henchman um, who's going to be clearly the equal. Yes. Of, um, like he, he's home. evil Roadhouse. He's evil Roadhouse. I mean, there was an evil Roadhouse in the original Roadhouse yes. too. Yes, and he got a line that's just incredibly messed up and is one of the funniest <laughs> lines of all time. But I'm not going to say it. Yeah. Um, the um, uh, uh, what? What else? Um, there's there's not a nudie dance in the middle of it no. uh, that I've seen. We yet. know that. There's no mullet. There's no mullet. Uh, it looks the original was like kind of played straight face, but like was real kind of schlocky, campy. Um, well, and also Patrick Swayze wasn't like like kind of making fun of and wasn't like cracking jokes and stuff. He was right. very much kind of Zen master kind yeah, of. Yeah, he was supposed to be. You know, do you know the hook, Randy? He was a uh, bouncer, but who who had a degree in philosophy. Oh, and would yeah. occasionally say slightly Zen things or things that nowadays you could find in like a slightly hippieish meme. Yeah, or um, fortune cookie, or fortune cookie. <laughs> um, but was was memorably play, portrayed by him. Yeah. Uh, I think Nick and I, who are the Roadhouse aficionados yeah. of this room, uh, were not much impressed by this. It, but it's not a bad trailer per it looks se. Like, I have no fun. There is a roadhouse. This is like fun to me. It looks like a copy of a copy. Well, However, you, it is... So you have no fun. You don't mean that you saw it and didn't care I mean, one way or another. You've never seen it. I don't it. care. Uh, this is done by Doug Lyman, the guy who do, uh, 
did you know, Born Identity yeah. and Mr. and Mrs. Smith yep. and a bunch of other he doesn't good know about trashy Roadhouse movies. It's possible. Uh, and I also say, oh, you know, who was they? They had the was it the Joe Joe Ely band or whatever? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was like the in house the in, the in Roadhouse band. So they they had like a real like blues rock band in there. I will say that the uh, Lyman also uh, this is gonna show up on Prime. Uh, like in a, a month or so, uh, he did want to do this for a uh, actual theater, and Prime pulled it. Oh, and, and he got—he got pissed. Yeah, he like he <laughs> didn't go to like this, the premiere. Yeah, he didn't go to like the premiere or something. Yeah, like it was he—he he, uh, boycotted the premiere of it. <laughs> yeah, there was uh, some like behind the scenes craziness. Yeah, he wanted this to go theatrical, and Prime was like, "No, we're just going to put it on our service." Oh, so it's not going to be in theaters. No, no, oh. it's just straight to Prime. Well, that's not a great. That's not a great look. It's not a rousing endorsement. No, uh, it it looks. It doesn't look cheap or anything. Right. It looks like money was spent I on think it. Nick, but... you and I, although we weren't like blown away, we hope the Roadhouse does well. Yeah, I uh, I want all Roadhouse. Schlocky movies to 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 find their audience. I like, I like Roadhouse. <laughs> I, I like Jake Gyllenhaal movies. Most yeah, of, most yeah. of them. Um, Last trailer is one. I, I don't know that we have a lot to say about Immaculate. Right. This looks like a scary uh, nun movie. Scary, scary nun, nun movie. movie, but kind she's, of she she herself isn't scary. She seems to be impregnated with uh, by the Antichrist. Maybe. Right. You like, got devil baby. It, devil it baby. has a feel of like Rosemary's Baby, and it's kind of and like the Omen. Yeah, it has a very A twenty four vibe to it. It. Uh, no, it does look schlockier than a twenty four. Oh, really? Were back. I didn't oh, get... there was there was way more jump yeah, scares. There's in a this lot trailer. of jump scares in this thing. This this, this vibes more Nun Two to me. Yeah. Oh, sure. I didn't get that. This oh, is really? definitely more quality than Nun Two. Oh, oh I, I don't know. About and that. I want. Hey, have you watched the Nun Two? I did. I <laughs> saw the Nun One, and I've seen some Annabelle movies and stuff. I've, yeah, this I've, looks better. I've visited than... the side movies of the Conjurverse and uh, found that all but like one of them have been wanting. I've found, I've found I've avoided all of them because of your warnings. Uh, Listen, Annabelle warnings. Comes Home is pretty fun. I was trying to look horror. to see who uh, actually directed this. Uh, it's okay, going to so be somebody bad. It's not going to matter. <laughs> it's not going to matter. Uh, no, it's somebody who hasn't done much. Okay. But uh, I don't know. I, I was a little more taken with the trailer than you guys were. But Nick will press play. Dave and I will ignore it. It will never happen. Never be seen again. Uh, I don't. That's not a hundred percent for Dave. Sometimes it's hard it can... for me to imagine that uh, another Devil Baby uh, movie could win me over. I, I need. I need to know something different about it. Yep. Yep. All right. If it has Russell Crowe on a Vespa, you I'll still give haven't watched that. I'm still. Trying I know, to... but it's it's on my consideration list. I'm trying to make you watch that one. All right, we're gonna take a break, and then we're gonna come back and talk about some movies and some TV. All right, as we close out January and move into February, we're uh, we're going to talk about a uh, movie challenge we're going to be doing, all three of us, mm-hmm. plus other people we know. But before we do that, I really want to quick mention a couple TV shows I've been watching. Um, I, uh, I've been watching Schitt's Creek, which, uh, Dave, I know you've seen all of season one now, I think? That's right. That's where I am, and... Um uh, I, I'm enjoying it quite a bit, but I won't spoil anything. I'm moving at uh, what you call Dave pace, which is to say I'll watch season two when I get around to it. <laughs> Three years from now, possibly. So here's what I, my my impression of Shit's Creek: the people I know who love it really love it, and they put it in the same play, breath as like The Good Place and Parks and Rec and Ted Lasso is like this wholesome, amazing show mm-hmm. that like really gets them emotionally. 
That is not that was not my experience with Shit's Creek season one or two or three. Mm. Like I watched it and it's it's good. I like it, but I wasn't loving it. Mm-hmm. Um, but for those who don't know, the show is about a uh, a family, a rich family that their like their accountant or something screws them out all their money, right? Or something yeah. yep. like that. Yep. And so they have to move to the one asset they have left, a town they bought on a whim. Yeah. Uh, Kind of a podunk town yeah, called, called Shit's Creek. Creek. Uh, named after, and the mayor is named Roland Shit. Yes, he's right? got two T's, and uh, he is uh, he is played by Chris Elliott. Chris Elliott, who I, I always knew from like obscure comedies, but mainly as uh, a guy who showed up on David Letterman all Hello, the time yeah. back in the day. He's hilarious. The family is um, Eugene Levy. 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 His Levy. two children, Daniel Le- Levy and uh, I forget who plays the daughter. It's also his. It's his daughter. Oh, is it actually yeah. his daughter? Okay, and then. Um, uh, Catherine O'Hara, yes, uh, plays Moira, his his sort of former starlet wife. Yes, um, and they are they wind up at this Podunk motel. Yep, uh, staying there. There is a uh, a sort of cantankerous uh, young woman named Stevie who is the uh, the store desk manager, desk manager, um, and who becomes close with uh, his son David. But like, yeah, a lot of the baseline humor to be mined is. Rich family stuck in Podunk Town, constantly frustrated with yeah. their lack of money, the lack of accommodations, and all that. But they, you know, very quickly you will see. Yes, these are these are people you at least want to like, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. and very they're appealingly portrayed, even though they these actors are actually really good in, some, in a lot of ways at bringing out their shitty side. They're just narcissists. Yeah, yeah, they're all narcissists. Um, there's a little Arrested Development in there. Oh yeah, um, I think so. I think so. But also a little bit of Parks and Rec, the way Parks and Rec treated uh, the the small town in Indiana, uh-huh. um, Pawnee. Um, but like I say, I I it wasn't until about third or fourth season, which I'm now uh, wrapping up season five, mm-hmm. which is the the season six of the last season. Um, there's a character that introduced and in a relationship that shows up that is actually super heartwarming and really good, and that I, that made me just fall completely in love with the show. Yeah. Um, there's bits and pieces before that, but it really it really comes together later for me. And now I just absolutely love it, and I'm sure when I rewatch it, I'll like the whole thing more. Right, it'll it'll recontextualize yeah. it. But I'm about to finish up season six. It's one of those things where I'm like, I have friends who are like are jealous that I get to watch season six for the first time. I know that feeling. I'm kind of kind of making make a point of enjoying it. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, you know when I went through Ted Lasso, I'm like, yep. oh, I can't erase my memories and go through Ted Lasso for the first time again or Good Place. Uh, so I know that I'm on on something like that. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, it's cool because, like, yeah. At last last I talked to you, like, about this maybe just a few weeks ago. Yeah. You were like, I, you know, I think I'm never going to quite plug into it the way other people yep. do. Um, and then you hit the you hit the point. I did hit the point. Um, so so that's that's exciting. Five years from now, when you get to season four, <laughs> you'll really enjoy this. Listen, if you mock me, I will only drag it out longer. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but I will point the, out. I don't actually care. I will point out there's there's been things that I have blown through. Yes, occasionally like Enterprise, occasionally Enterprise or One Piece or something like that. That's true. That's true. Uh, you still haven't finished Good Place. Uh, I still haven't finished Good Place. Uh, anyway, shit's great. Uh, I now I get it now, and I've been enjoying it. Uh, and I also started watching. There's a new show on CBS or Paramount Plus called After Midnight. Are you all familiar with At Midnight? It was uh, Chris uh, Hardwick's show. Oh no. Um, Basically, it was sort of like a fake game show. He would get like three comedians on, and uh, and they would riff on internet stuff. So they would show like YouTube videos or um, uh, I'm trying to think other stuff, Instagram stories or whatever else. And then they would like 
Because comedians are sort of riffs, so it's like improv. Okay. Kind of like, uh, you know, whose line is it anyway, but actually... Um, uh, but, but but like an extended bit. So, but they, right? yeah, but they do like multiple bits every time. And then the, she gives out points. Yeah. Um, this is super funny, and it really kind of depends on who the three comedians are, but, but so far I've watched... It's like a daily show. It's like 30, 40 minutes long, and it is like... They'll show like... TikTok videos, and then we'll have to make up punchlines related to that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's really fun. I, I recommend it if you like stand-up comedy at all. What's it called? It's called After Midnight. After Midnight. It and comes on After Midnight on what uh, CBS or, or Paramount Plus. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's Taylor Thompson hosting. If I didn't say that, and I love Taylor Thompson, so nice for her to get a. Do I like Taylor game. Tomlinson? Uh, you would like Taylor Thompson. You've probably seen her okay. in your reels or something. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I feel like I've watched some of her stuff, but I don't know comedians, uh, so, some comedians well enough to know instantly. She's a, she's a 20 or 30, early early 30s blonde girl uh, with sort of anxiety. She was a lot of jokes about anxiety and dating men and that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I, I feel like I've seen it, and, like, I, I think the ones I've seen I've actually really liked. So She has a couple great Netflix specials. I saw her live last year, which was, which was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um... Okay, let's talk about the movie challenge, Dave. Yes, uh, I believe we've talked about this occasionally on yep, our have, one of some of our four hundred and fifty podcasts. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. We've done, done it in a while, though. Yep. Um, well, by the way, luckily we make a lot of money on these podcasts. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, this is actually the store is a small portion of what we get. It's true. Most of the money is the, the road ad cast. revenue. Oh, crazy! We are running ads in these, right? Sure. Let's say yes. All right, that's going to start coming in, I think. Yeah, any minute now. <laughs> no. um, so, yes, uh, based on a, a, a challenge that I came across on a message board like 15 years ago, I've been occasionally, every few years, kind of doing these movie challenges where you try and, uh, at the baseline, sort of like the, the framing device, you watch 30 movies in 30 days, or 29 movies in 29 days. Yes, I know February is 29 days. Um <laughs> And uh, and there's sort of like, but you have to like kind of watch within the parameters uh, of of the list. Um, so so for instance, this time you have to like, and, and they're meant to like make you kind of watch movies you haven't seen before, and and and, and sometimes categories you might not have, you might not put be pushing yourself to try right, out. Right. So this this time of the thirty movies or twenty nine. Uh, yeah, I got to watch five that take place before 1960, mm-hmm. um, or that were made before 1960. Five that are foreign films. Five that won an Academy Award for Best Actress. Uh, five that are comedies. Five that are non-Disney and Pixar animated movies. And four recommendations from friends. Just anything that a friend recommends that you want to use. Um, you know, people occasionally ask me about this. We're like, oh, can one movie fit in uh, double for categories? And I'm like. Sort of, but that's not what you're trying to do. The The goal isn't to like cheat and like like get the highest number. The goal is to try and see like thirty movies. Yeah, which we never hit. None of us. Well, Nick might. Nick might. Um, And uh, I don't think I ever have. I'm going for it this time. I think you got a solid chance, Nick. Um, And um, and so, but we're all taking place. Uh, uh, What categories did you have trouble filling in, you guys? So uh, I had a lot of trouble with the. Five movies, best actress winner because I've seen most of the ones I wanted to see. Yep. Therefore, I cheated and changed that category. Yep. <laughs> we should say that they, you know, 
there's no hard and fast rules in life. This is a fun thing that we yeah. do. Maybe you want to do different categories, so, but like you should do our categories and challenge yourself. I changed my category to five movies from female directors, which yeah. some of my friends who picked up also did. Yeah. So I already I already mutated the change the challenge a little bit, but Thanks that's a lot. in the same spirit, I think. <laughs> yes. Uh, and that was that was easier for me to find female director movies that I hadn't seen. I also, for the first time ever, I'm trying to watch only movies I've never seen. Right. I usually have a few that I'm like, oh, this is a rewatch. This time I'm trying to do all movies I've ever seen. And the other one I had a lot of trouble with, weirdly, was the non-Disney Pixar animated. Yep. Just because I've watched so many of them. Like, er, like I asked for some, for recommendations, and everyone people recommended I'm like, I'd seen that. So I'd like, Iron Giant, Sea Beast, Klaus, uh, Kubo and the Two Strings, Mitchell vs. the Machines, Spider-Verse, mm-hmm. uh, Phantasm Mr. Fox, uh, Batman Master the Phantasm, How to Train Your Dragon, Kung Fu Panda... I've seen all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like, I... I, I, had I, to go, I had to go deep. Uh, so, I am allowing myself one possible cheat in this category because I have not watched Elemental, which is the latest Pixar movie, nope. and I want to. But I already have another alternate because I realized I have not seen the new TMNT, which I did want to see, and that is an animated non-Pixar, not Disney. And it's on Paramount. Uh, uh, and that's, that's how I am on this. Before we get to whatever category might have given you difficulty, yeah. Nick, I'm just going to quick say that my animated ones... Uh, I had a pretty easy time of this, actually. Uh, um, I wanted to do The Secret of Kells, which I know is like an Irish animated fantasy thing. Fantastic Planet, a either 70s or 80s era trippy as balls kind of movie. Mm. I know that's... I think it's I think it's like total surrealist stuff, almost like walking through like a Salvador Dali painting oh. kind of stuff. But I think it is like on an alien planet, uh, just very trippy. The Flight of Dragons. Uh-huh. This is, I believe, based on a book, and it's like I realized it's back when Rankin Bass did like uh, all those, like The Hobbit and mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm trying to think. They also did oh all those stop motion Christmas movies and stuff like mm-hmm. that in yeah. in the, the that era, the 60s and 70s. They also made this one, and it's supposed to be good. And it's like the only one I've never seen. Okay, uh, right. I don't. Uh, so I'm going to check that out. Uh, there's something called Perfect Blue, which is, I believe, a, a psychological suspense anime, which mm-hmm. I've heard good stuff on. Yep. And lastly, something called The Red Turtle, which I believe might be Studio Ghibli, and is mm-hmm. sort of a uh, castaway style uh, thing where I think maybe one or two people are trapped on an island. I don't know the premise a lot, and maybe get some kind of grounding. There, Wilson, if you will, to, uh, is this giant red shelled turtle. Okay. Uh, and I, I watched the trailer for it, and it looked really amazing. And I, I, I didn't know. I, I don't. You know, it's gonna. These are all gonna kind of come across as new to me. Yeah. yeah. So Nick. Animation was where I had a hard time too. It took forever okay. to, f- to fill it out. We all just kind of watch a lot of animation. We do, and I was trying to find some stuff that I hadn't seen. Yeah. Uh, I'm breaking the game a little bit and allowing some rewatches because, but my rewatches are stuff from like ten to twenty years ago. You press play. You watch a lot of more movies than we do. Well, right, that, but also, but I'm, I'm you know I'm doing the same thing Nick is, which is uh, I'm going to watch uh, two Billy Wilder movies. These are from my movies before 1960: Sunset Boulevard and Double Indemnity. In fact, that is those are both on my list. We're going to do that to kick off. We're going to double feature kick off. We're going yes. to do a group watching. Yes, and now I um, I have seen those movies, but it's been enough that they were they're, they've gotten a little hazy, and so I know I liked both of them. Uh, so at that point, it's when there's been enough time. Like you yeah. you said that Nick, it's like when it's been fifteen or twenty years, tastes change. Well, you pick up on things differently. Yeah. Well, what's funny is. I, I had my ten years ago movie challenge pop up in my memories, yeah. <laughs> and I had double double indemnity and sunset sunset boulevard on there, 
And I'm not 100% certain I didn't watch Double Indemnity and just forgot it entirely. That's, yeah, well, we'll find out <laughs> soon enough. But, I mean, my animation was hard, but I chose, like, Castle of Cagliostro, which I know Dave is a big fan of. I, I actually think it's one of Miyazaki's best movies. It's, I guess, the... Um, uh, it, it's it's a license that uh, I was say, me, it, was it wasn't like a full license, but yeah, it's like it's got some Jackie Chan elements. He's a gentleman thief, and he's has big adventures. And there's it, it is just so much fun. You'll be surprised at some point when they randomly show him like uh, like smoking like a bong though in it, <laughs> like just like they're, they're, they've got some downtime or they're staking out on a mission. They're just puffing away. But I also, that was the time. Sure. I also chose another uh, Miyazaki in the Tale of Princess Kyuga, which I've never seen. Oh, right, that's one I don't know. Uh, I'm finally going to get around to Guillermo del Toro's uh, Pinocchio. Oh, which cool. All right, I have yeah. heard so many good things about, but Pinocchio is a is a story that I kind of struggle with. I don't. It's not my favorite. You hate puppets. I do hate puppets. They're scary. He hates whale innards. And whale innards. Uh, I, I'm going to jump to the 70s animation and do Watership Down, which yep, I've never yeah, seen yeah, before. Yeah. I'm a, uh, a huge fan of, uh, and not just as like, oh, ain't it so crazy and violent. Like, I think it's a really great heroic adventure. And then, and then uh, I have and one, crazy and violent. I have one called The Illusionists, which I'm not 100% sure on like the premise Ooh. of it, but I think I was slipping through it. The animation looked amazing. It was kind of like, it. Ha- I think their director is French, if I'm not mistaken, and it has kind of just... A very unique style to it, and I was so my my animated. Um, I'm going to possibly watch Road to El Dorado just because I want to get the memes. Uh, oh, but that's a good, <laughs> that's such a good movie. Uh, there's a movie called Over the Moon that Netflix did. That okay, I, I want to check out uh, Puss in Boots: Last Wish because I've heard it's great. Yeah, I've heard uh, it too. GI Joe the movie, which you've been haranguing me to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I may finally watch it, and then uh, TMNT or Elemental, depending. I Those mean, are my. The other one I have trouble with is um, uh, comedies. Just because I watch a ton of comedies, um, I had seen a lot of the ones. This is, by the way, it was see. another easy one for me because I literally I, I watch very few comedies. You don't like I laugh. don't like laughter. Uh, you know, I generally am kind of very dour during these yes. proceedings. Uh-huh. Um, Always the are the uh, f the f books, Mister Fuller or whatever. Yes, um, like uh, wipe that smirk off your face. Yes. Um, well, I'm. I'm Get waiting. A job on, and stop laughing, hippie. <laughs> I'm waiting on a couple of the comedies to hit digital so I could no. pick up because I really want to watch Poor Things. Uh, oh, poor the, things. Okay. It hasn't hit just yet, but I'm I'm hoping uh, sometime in February because of the Academy Awards at getting so many nominations, it'll pop up soon. Yeah, and I want to watch that uh, Nicolas Cage dream scenario. Well, on my is that actually a comedy? I thought that was a drama. It's a comedy drama. Okay. We'll see. Uh, I'm not gonna. I don't. I don't think I'm gonna like reel off everything I've got yeah, here. Yeah. But um, I, I also have like at least one comedy that's like dark comedy and maybe stretching it a bit. Yeah. Um, but uh, what, what did you got, Randy? So my my I don't want to list off everything, but I have Beverly Hills Cop three on there <laughs> against the advice. Not You've just, just never gotten around to this one, right? Yes, I love Beverly Hills Cop one. I really like Beverly Hills Cop two. I've heard nothing but bad about three. <laughs> um, and to some extent, every like every time I've ever put that I'm gonna watch this. People warn you. I have been pushed away from it by people. Yeah. Like, I am not that susceptible, but, like, they come at me like, I feel like it's a The Ring scenario where if I watch it, I'm going to die in seven days. Are you a fan of Hector Elizondo? I like Hector Elizondo. Then you should watch it. He's, okay. He does a good job in it. Anyway, uh, there, I put it on there again, knowing knowing that I would get pushed back, and it, I did. There's, like, two or three people like, you really don't want to watch this. Don't watch this. Watch anything else. Literally, you don't want to watch it. I'm like, <laughs> guys, I know. I understand. I'm not like, I love this. I, I got I to gotta know. It's a copy of a copy of a copy. Yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah. <laughs> but, um, 
I've got a lot of classics in my list. Uh, Singing in the Rain. Yeah. Uh, Strangers on a Train. Which rain? Which rhymes? That's not in your comedies, though, right? No, these are 1960 movies. Okay. Before. I was um, going to say, Singing in the Rain could count as a comedy. Yeah. But, but I'm going to watch... Strangers on a Train uh, could not. The two Bill Wilder movies mentioned. Bridge on the River Kwai. It's a Wonderful Life. Some sort of classics that are that I've just... Yep. They're not on my list. Rear Window. Out of the Past. Um, yeah, you got some noir in there. And by the way, Double Indemnity, which is like a kind of an insurance policy thing, right. um, is, is one of the most famous noirs. And Sunset Boulevard, while it's kind of a drama first, is also kind of steeped in noir, just in the sense that it has that sort of sense of darkness and inescapable sort of, you know, fates and, and things. And I'm stacking some noir into mine with, like, Third Man and Big Sleep. Yeah, you're going with some, those are like some serious Maltese Falcon. Those are great, yeah. Third Man is a big one for me. And um, a big... Bogart is actually a big hole in my like movie watching. I, I mean, I've seen Casablanca, and Casablanca is yeah. on there because I want to rewatch it again because yep. I haven't watched him forever. Yep. But uh, I also want to watch a Treasure of the Sierra Madre, which I've never, never seen. Never seen that one either. One of my all-time favorite movies. I don't know if it's ever it's it can hit the way it did. Like I saw that as a kid, and it was actually one of those classic movies which I linked with almost immediately. There, there is a certain wish fulfillment when I watch that movie because it's. Um, these guys are going, like, mining for gold during... Uh, it's not, like, during the gold rush of, like, the 1840s. I think it's, like, the early 1900s. Yeah. But they're, like, these are desperate guys who are, I think, uh, maybe out in the hills of Mexico. Um, yeah, because uh, this has the somewhat famous, we don't need no stinking badges right. line from the, some outlaws in it. But there is a sense of, like, oh, this actually kind of looks like fun. Like, a, you know, like an adventure. Yeah. yeah. And the characters and the way they're live, their, their, their world kind of, the way the, the, the plot moves uh, after that sort of central thing gets going is kind of unexpected. Like, I did not know it was going to go the way it went. Okay. Um, and I, I still always get uh, get kind of a thrill out of watching it. Uh, and then on, on the foreign films, Dave, which I think uh, that's it's an area that I don't watch a ton in, mm -hmm. that was Same easy for, to fill up. I had, there's been a couple Korean movies I wanted to watch. Um, I've never seen Seven Samurai, so maybe try to check, check it out. Yep. Uh, and then there's an Indian movie that called... That eight hours long. <laughs> but it is long. There's an Indian movie called Beast. Yep. It's like an Indian action movie. Uh, I, I watched for the first time a little Indian movie uh, this year. I watched RRR last year, right? Which I know is on your list. It's on my list under the friend recommendations. And I really, really <laughs> enjoyed it, and so I kind of want to watch another one. And I was yeah. looking, I, I was looking at possibilities and seeing what was available to stream, and I found a couple. And then there's a um, uh, a Korean movie called The Thieves that is like a, a hmm. you know Ocean's <laughs> Eleven style. Oh, interesting. And I'm all for that. And then I think you and I both have Chungking Express from Wong Kar Wai on our on our list. Yep. And I have a one car wide, just not Chunking Express. I have In the Mood for Love. Interesting. Uh, on my foreign film, I'm also, I, I wanted to finally see the movie House, yeah. the uh, bonkers, yep. I, in some way, Japanese uh, movie uh, centered on an actual house, I believe. Yep. But I don't really know quite what happens in it. I know it just takes some crazy turns at a certain point. It's on my list as well. Um, I got a lot of uh, classic movies. Or that my weird comedy is, uh, or that that's like uh, I think dark comedy is the menu, which a lot mm. of people have talked about in the last year. Love it's a com menu. it's a comedy. But I am also going to try and get around to Zoolander finally, wow. <laughs> yeah. uh, because I've seen those jokes and memes and stuff. Uh, Nick, what are, what are a few more from your list? Uh, comedy. Is I want to try Ingrid Goes West. I know that's a dark comedy, but yeah. uh, Aubrey Plaza is that a twenty four? 
I don't remember if it was it or might not. Be. It, it feels. I think it might be. Uh, also, uh, oh. like on foreign films, I want to watch. Uh, it's getting nominated in a lot of buzz this year. A movie called Past Lives, which is a Korean film, kind of romantic uh, drama. Okay. Uh, also, uh, like on my recommendation, I'm finally going to get around to. Uh, Nightmare Alley, which I is a big hole yeah. for me because I do enjoy it's Bradley uh, Guillermo Cooper. del Toro's version, not the original '50s version. Correct. Uh, yeah, I really like that movie. I hope you dig it. And also, I've never seen Steven Spielberg's The uh, Lincoln, which I'm going to try to get fit that in. Yeah, uh, I, I have. I'm a fan, but it like I, 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 it's a little bit hard to recommend because it's a bit dry. Yeah, but it's less dry than people think it would be because it's. It's like about the sort of coercive tactics, frankly, that he has to get into to get some laws passed. Yeah, and uh, I have not seen Thelma and Louise, uh, Thelma and Louise, in uh, decades. Yeah, and I know it is a big. Uh, you're a big fan of One it, of my Dave. big favorites. Uh, it's also... Uh, to me, it's like up there with Ridley Scott's best movies like Blade Runner and... Uh, right, and I... Alien. I, I like Ridley Scott a lot, so... Uh, but it is one of those stunts that I haven't seen it in like 10 or 15 years, probably. And because it's very specifically dealing with women's issues and is like was like overtly a feminist movie and things change over time with that, I would be curious to know what you think. Like, what holds up? Does well, anything not hold up? I was trying up? to think about it, and I, I know the ending. Because right. the ending is very like it's memorable, it's iconic. I don't, I don't remember anything other than I know Brad Pitt is in it somewhere. Uh, yep. But Susan Sarandon, Gina Davis, these are amazing catch. actors. So. You know, one of the ones I'm looking forward to is uh, Nick. Uh, your recommendation uh, is uh, from the Safdie brothers, uh, oh. Good Time. <laughs> Which I really don't know anything about. This is not that's, a continuation. Sounds like of, a comedy. Good, that's a good time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's not a continuation of the 70s show Good Times. Correct. Which no, I no. thought it might be. But no, uh, one of my favorite movies of the last few years was their very uncomfortable, secondhand embarrassment, uh, incredibly anxiety-inducing yeah. uh, movie, uh, uh, Uncut Gems. Uncut oh. Gems. Uh, Uncut Gems, yeah. Uh, which uh, had, like, I think, an Oscar-worthy performance by Adam Sandler. Just yep. a killer paranoid, obnoxious performance. Well, Truly a terrible person in the if, movie, but I found him very watchable. If you enjoyed so. many of those themes, get ready for more. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm well, excited. this one this one uh, features uh, Robert Pattinson. And this is one of the... Oh, uh, yeah. Well, it was those ones that made people say, oh, maybe this kid can act. It, it is very much. Like, this shows him at kind of, like, peak acting in a lot of ways. Nice. So, uh, yeah. I, I really dug the movie. Uh, so, hopefully think, you do too. I think we'll be um, revisiting Visiting these in the weeks to come, yep. uh, but them. yes, we do encourage you to uh, to join in or or consider trying something similar, you know, on your own. Um, it's uh, when I when I've done them before, I have never hit thirty. No, uh, I believe the closest I've come was would maybe be close to twenty, but it's more likely going to be bet- like ten or fifteen and uh, and 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 practice. And even so, you'll have seen some stuff that you wouldn't otherwise, and it's pretty pretty dang fun. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's a fun it's a fun time. I mean, you do this to catch up. I always stuff. find things that I like go on loving for a while. So yeah, yeah. Well, uh, like um, Randy, you're catching some Billy Wilder stuff, and like uh, years back, I watched like Sunset Boulevard and The Apartment, and was it Stalag Thirteen? 
Stalag 17. Stalag 17, uh, and, and one or two others, uh, because there was a director challenge. It had to be all from the same director, and I was yeah. like, all right, let me just see what this guy is about. Some I know some people like him. Um, and, you know, it ended up like Sunset Boulevard was, like, one of the most amazing movies I'd seen, and the apartment was, like, one of the bleakest comedies I'd ever seen. <laughs> That's Jack um, Lemmon, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but, like, in a good way. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah. Was, oh, and I also watched, like, Some Like It Hot, which I'd never seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of his big comedies, you know, and one of Marilyn Monroe's breakout movies. And, by the way, a movie that featured in the 1960s uh, guys in drag throughout the whole mo- thing and somehow became a famous slice of Americana and Ooh. did not destroy the country. Uh, I know it's crazy, but apparently it's possible. There are a couple oh. movies like that. Tootsie? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, somehow, during the middle of the macho 80s, yep. it survived. We, the country fire? survived. Every decade has one. Oh, maybe people should shut the fuck up. <laughs> they they, they <laughs> should very much should. Um, uh, do we got anything else That's today? It. All right. Uh, yeah, that'll wrap it up for us this week. We'll be back next week with more. Until that time, yo, Joe. Roadcast is a weekly podcast broadcast from Rogue's Gallery Comics and Games in Round Rock, Texas. You can find us online on Facebook and at www.roguesgallerytx.com and email us comments or questions at roguesgallerytx at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.